Thank you for listening to the Family Life Podcast. For more great content, visit thefamilylife.org. We hope you are blessed by today's message and will be encouraged to share it with someone you know. It says this in the book of Judges. Give me a moment. I was on another scripture again. I did this this past week and, and uh, I was reading my Bible beforehand and I apologize. I do this often. The book of Judges, the eighth chapter, and looking at the fourth verse. And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over he and the 300 men that were with him, faint, yet pursuing them. Ah, I want you to say that, faint, faint. yet pursuing. pursuing. Say it again, faint, Faint. yet pursuing. pursuing. Amen. Let's talk about it. Father, I love you and I pray that you would help us and that you would speak to us and I thank you, God, for your anointed word, that it is right and that it is faithful and that it is good and that it is righteous. And I pray, Lord, that you would minister to every life here tonight. Speak to us expressly and help us, God, to be mindful of spiritual things that are at work in our lives and our world around us. God, if there are weak here, let the weak say they are strong and let it be tonight that we recognize that you are with us, God, as we have sung, God, that you are for us, not against us. Lord, help us to affirm that in this place and to realize, God, that you have given us everything that we need to endure, everything that we need to be saved, God. Help us to hold fast that which has been given to us, God. And I pray, baptize us all, every one of us now, God. I pray this. Would you magnify the Lord with me, God? We glorify you and we magnify you. Anoint this people and anoint me. Thank you, Lord, that we're in church on this Wednesday night. You are so good and you are so faithful, Lord. Come on, why don't you pray for your kids up there right now and the youth in their class for a minute. God, I pray for the children up in their class. And God, I pray for the youth in their class that you would touch them and that you would baptize them, Father, and, and give them a heritage and give them a home that would be godly and help them, God, to know that you are with them as well. And when they're afraid, God, help them to know that they don't have to fear for you've not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Come on, somebody pray with me for a minute about our kids, about our youth. And God... I pray that you help them in their schools and, and where they're at, God, and what they're going through. And if they're online or if they're homeschooling or, or in the public schools, God, wherever they might be or in the Christian school, God, I pray right now that your, your spirit would baptize them and they would be a light and they would be a witness and they would be encouraged, God. And I pray for our kids and I pray for our youth. Help them right now. God, bless their leaders. Encourage them. For God, you are with them. And I thank you, Lord, that you never leave us nor forsake us. Come on, somebody thank God for it. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, God, that you are with us. In Jesus' name, now just turn and wave at somebody and smile at them with your eyes and and, uh, let them know that you see them and that you are glad that they are next to you, near you, by you, in front of you, behind you. Amen. And then after that, you may be seated in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. Amen. When David was sent by his father in 1 Samuel 17 to see of the welfare of his brothers who were positioned in battle against the Philistines, he arrived and greeted his brothers, and it was then 
Upon that greeting that Goliath presented himself to Israel and issued the challenge. Uh, It was simply send one to fight with me in so many words, and whoever loses the battle, they shall be the servants to the victor. You know the story and the outcome. But it was all hinged on one phrase that David said to his brothers and to all that, that were around him listening as he inquired. And he said in 1 Samuel 17 and 29, simply this. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Something in the heart of David recognized that it was not the stature of Goliath that mattered, not his sword, his spear, his shield, none of that. But rather there was something greater than all of that. Uh, There was, in, in fact, as he said, there was a cause. There, there was a reason for his questioning to his brothers and to those that had presented themselves to him. There, there was motivation, in other words. There was, something, there was something behind the words that he was saying, something behind uh, what he was inquiring about. What was at stake was more than just, hear this now, please. What was at stake was more than just a momentary battle. Their, their future and, and their freedom depended on it. Can I remind you that often that is the case in our walk with God, in our living for God? It is more than just about the moments, or the, the, the momentary battles that, um, that we, we face and we deal with, but often it is about the very future of our freedom and the liberty that we have in the Spirit. It was, it wasn't, it was not just a physical confrontation that was there with him. It was, it was deeper than that. You understand this? It was spiritual. This was a, a spiritual application that... Um, that was being, being communicated. David looked and said, is there not a cause? Because it was not just about the physical battle of a shield or a spear or even the slingshot. Though there was, there was so much in that, those five stones that he gathered uh, in the fivefold ministry and so many things that can be talked about in, in that. But it, was, but it wasn't just physical. It was, it was deeper. It was, it was spiritual. Uh, because it was revealed when David said that he came to him. Now understand this. He, when, it, when he said, I, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel that he had defied. The cause, the reason gave weight as to what was at stake. It wasn't just the physical representation of, of the incarceration that would be if he lost the battle, but it was the recognition that it was, that it was more than that. It was about the defying of the name of God. It was spiritual. It was something deeper than just the battle that was in front of them. Uh, there was a cause. There was a reason that get, gave weight to it. It, it. it made it more than just a moment, but it made it a mission. It was more than just what was happening right then. It was about future generations that would ultimately follow in the footsteps of David and Saul and others. At some point, that is where we all have to come to in our walk with God. That place where our living for God is defined. That place uh, where we come to that moment, that crossroads, that battle, whatever it might be, that valley, um, that, that, that feeling, that, that recognition that, that we understand and we know and we, and we feel it deep within our hearts that, that this is about what's defining me. I sense that in the spirit right now. I sense that in the Holy Ghost that, that the, the moments that are around us, the things that are around us right now are defining who we are 
And what we are, I hope you'll preach with me and teach with me for just a few moments. Um, I, I sense in the Holy Ghost, and I hope that you are sensing it as well, because this is unprecedented. This is, uh, I'm talking spiritual now. Um, these are unprecedented things, and these are moments that are going to define you and I and the church as to who we are and what we believe and what we embrace in our life and what we shall continue on with. At some point in time, there's going to be, should the Lord tarry and allow us to live, there's going to be generations, if the Lord allows it to be, that will look back on this particular time and see what the church was made of. See what we believed, where we stood, and how we navigated our way through it because of the Holy Ghost within us. At some point, that's where we all have to come to in this walk with God, how we are defined, where we recognize the cause, the reason, where our life is defined and identified by it, by him, where we are identified by God. I have some older men in my life that have been in my life, that have invested into me, that poured into my life. And uh, many of them were hardworking men. They were men that went through difficult times, more difficult times than we are going through right now. And they poured into me. And I can tell you that I look back and though I know their occupations and though I know what they did for a living, I was around them. I even worked with a few of them. Can I tell you, it's not so much what they did for a living or what they labored with in their hands that I know them by, but it's the life that I seen them live out on a pew and in an altar after church or before church that has made the impact on me that, that I know that whatever their occupation or their trade might have been, there was something that was greater in their life than that trade. Their identification was God. It was about their allegiance to him. Anybody understand what I'm saying right now? Amen. If you took them out of the workplace, they were still the same man that they were in the workplace. If they were in the workplace or a church, it didn't matter because they were men of God. They possibly, they didn't grace a pulpit. Uh, they never broke the bread in a, in, in a place of teaching or preaching, but they were men of God that stood and they were defined and, and they were recognized because there was a cause in their life that they believed in. They put their hand. Anybody hearing this right now? And maybe I'm just a little out of sync with you. I don't know, but I feel it in the Holy Ghost. They put their hands to the plow and they decided that they were not going to look back. It didn't matter how bad it was, how good it was, what came against them, who they were, what they were not. Amen. What mattered was the God that was within them, the God that was before them. There was a cause in their life that they lived by. There's got to come that point in every one of us where we recognize the cause that we are identified by it, that we are identified by him. That place where we, where we live this life, not just to survive, but we live it because that is who we are. We don't live this life just to be gratified from a Wednesday to a Sunday and a Sunday to a Wednesday. Um, because I believe that often it, it is diminished to be that in people's life. We just live from a Sunday to a Wednesday and a Wednesday to a Sunday. No, it's got to be more than that. This is not just about surviving. This is about living it because that is who we are. It calibrates. It calibrates our conduct and our character. It influences us to be right even when our flesh wants to be wrong. It's, it's the reason and the cause of who we are uh, when no one is watching and when everybody's watching. Yes. Whether we're on the pew or whether we're outside the pew, we still live it, we still believe it. It's still our vocabulary, it's still the talk, it's still the presentation, it's still the kindness, it's still the goodness, it's still the forgiveness, it's still the love. It's not about a suit that we put on on Sunday. It's not about something that we do on a Wednesday. It's something that we do on a Monday morning. It's something that we do on a Friday night. It's something that we're identified whether we're here or whether we're there, amen. 
Anybody understanding this right now? It's the cause that we live by. It's the identification of who you are. You are a child of the Most High God. You are, you are baptized in the name of Jesus. You are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And because that, you're, you're not like the world. You're different than the world. Amen. Amen. I've said it for years and I'm going to say it again. And I tell our young people and, and Luke and Chelsea, they remember this, that when they walk in a restaurant and everybody turns their head and the youth group comes in and, and any given conference or wherever they might be, it's not because they dress different or they look different. It's because there's the Holy Ghost, amen, that's walking in that room, amen, that is undeniable, amen, and it can't help but the, but, but the, the spirit has to take attention. It, it draws, if you would, amen. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Come on, church, amen. The obligation responsibility in the cause of the church is to lift him up so that others might know what you and I have. Amen. Amen. Somebody clap their hands. It's the reason, it's the cause of who we are. Whether anybody's watching or whether nobody's watching. It faces the Goliaths of our life, not in our name, not in our opinions. But in the right and the righteous name of God and the obedience to his word, we are known by him. If we would live out our life, I believe this. I've been trying to pray this more so lately. If we would live out our life and do everything that we do for the glory of the name of God, it would change the reason why we do things and how we do things. Because ultimately, it's not about the outcome of you and I. It's not about how it feels to you and I, but it's about the fact that whatever it does to you and I, or however it goes through you and I, God receives the glory because of it. It's not about my opinion, it's not about my way, it's not about my want, but it's about the name of Jesus that is glorified. In a world that accentuates so many, mm, in a world that accentuates so many other things, it ought to be that you and I, the people of the name, are living our life that we might glorify God and God might be glorified through it. Because it's his great name, amen. Like a David, we have a cause, we have a reason that deep burden, conviction, and consecration that compels us. Yeah. It compels us, it pulls us, it, it, it moves us in the spirit, it changes us, it changes the way we pray, the, the way we talk, the way, the way we live, amen. We're not, we're not supposed to be the same. Yeah. Never forget some years ago, amen, a fellow was working at the house and, and he talked about how his sister went this place and she went to that church, He's, and, and this man wasn't a, 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 a a Christian or Pentecostal per se, uh, but I'll never forget he was leaning over working. He said, oh, my sister's been going to that church and, and yeah, she's been doing that and she's been saying this. He said, but, but you know, he said, I know, I know it's really not, not much has happened there for her. And I said, well, what, what do you mean? He said, because nothing's changed. Go on, if the world recognizes amen, that something has to change, then you and I, the church, should recognize that when we encounter God and God encounters us, amen, when we come in contact, amen, there's, some, there's something that moves in the Holy Ghost. There's a, way, there's, there's a change in the way that we think and a change in the way that we talk and a change in the way that we look. Come on here, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it's about his great name, not us. It's about his way, not our way. It's about me making the change, not him making the change. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. We have a cause. We have a reason. There's got to be a deep burden, a deep conviction and consecration. It just compels us. At one point in the word, when Jesus said things that were difficult for those following him to hear and to understand and ultimately accept, he said this. Now, you need to go back and read the rest of this chapter sometime so that you have an understanding of what, uh, what Christ was saying and what, 
uh, what he was doing here, and then, then you'll be able to better articulate as to why he said some of these things. And, and these were difficult sayings. These were sayings that are even difficult for us in this particular generation and culture to understand. But he said this in response to those difficult sayings of what it brought uh, those who were following to. He said this in uh, John 6, 66, for from that time, <coughs> excuse me, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the 12, will you also go away? And then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. They went back. There were those that were following him, not just the 12, there were many, that they went back and walked no more with him when things became difficult and when it was not easy. When it was not easy to accept and understand, they left. Uh, Will you also go away, he said. Never underestimate, everybody hear me right now. Never underestimate the influence of the enemy to cause us to lose out with Christ when things are not easy. Uh, he'll, he'll wedge his way in there. He'll worm his way around in your life to get you to think uh, that the life's better elsewhere. Uh, that if you could just get away from it, you don't have to deal with it. Uh, just because you're a, a, away from the word and just because you're away from the spirit does not release you from accountability. I mean, you are accountable and I'm accountable because of the knowledge of God that I have. But even if I'm not in the presence of God to hear the knowledge of God by the preached word of God, Brother Hughes, I am still obligated, obligated because the, the word tells us that even creation speaks to the existence of God. You can walk out of this church and you can turn your back on God. You can walk away. But can I tell you, you are still accountable to the knowledge that is in front of you every day that you breathe a breath, every tree that you see, every cloud that passes over you. Amen. It's speaks to the existence of God. It is undeniable. This, did, it didn't just, this was not a big bang theory or whatever it was called. Amen. This was the hand of God at work, the breath of God breathing in the man, the breath of life. Yes, yes. My, I wish it was a Sunday right now. Um, I'm telling you tonight that there has to be a reason that you remind yourself on a daily basis why you live for God. Because otherwise, when things get difficult... When it is not easy, the enemy will try to get you to walk away. Will you also go away? Peter said it best, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of life. When we do not follow the word made flesh, Jesus, the word, we will follow the one of our own flesh. If we're not going to follow the word, if we're not going to follow Jesus, the word made flesh, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld him, the only begotten of the father. Amen. If we're not following the word, then we will follow our own will. We will follow our own flesh. We will walk away from the word of God. But Peter recognized, where can I go? Who else can I follow? You've got the words of life. If I don't have your word, I don't have life. (laughs) Come on, everybody. That ought to be the way that you feel every day. If you don't have the word of God, amen, you're, you're missing out on life. If, you're not, if we're not reading that book, if we're not digesting that book, if it's not feeding our soul, if we're not finding that time with the Lord, amen, then we're missing out on life. And if we don't follow, if we don't follow him, then we'll follow ourselves. We go away. We get lost. We leave the place where we are meant to grow in greater strength and greater grace. When we go away, we get lost. When we go away, we get lost. When we go away, we get lost. When we go away from the word, we get lost. I want everybody to get this. When we go away, we get lost. Come on, you need to wake up. 
every day. And remember, when you go away, you get lost. You begin to wander and begin to complain, begin to murmur. Murmuring and complaining got them a wandering for 40 years. And spiritually, it's no different for us. When we're not seeking out the word and the will of God, we begin to wander and we get lost. Amen. Amen. Before David could be a king, he first had to have a conviction that could defeat a Goliath. The rest of the army was running away, but he was running to what opposed his God. There, there needs to come to us, especially now, I believe, the attitude and the tenacity of Gideon and the 300. I encourage you to go back and read this story in its entirety at some particular point. But now it's coming to the close of the story of Gideon, where we read a moment ago. They have put the enemy on the run, the Midianites. The Midianites had oppressed Israel, but God raised up Gideon to lead and deliver Israel from that oppression. But it would not happen in the way and with the numbers that seemed reasonable. Hear me, please. The, the God within you does not have to make sense to the flesh that is frail or even the enemy that is in front of you. Faith can work outside the realm of reason. Hear me, somebody that needs healed in this house tonight. Somebody that's battling fear. Somebody that's battling a valley that you've been walking through or a trial that's been testing you for some time. A faith doesn't have to have reason. It doesn't have to have reason and rhyme. It doesn't have to, if I can just say it this way, faith doesn't have to make sense. You don't have to have definition. There doesn't have to be a, anybody hearing this right now that needs to hear this right now. It doesn't have to make sense. You don't have to be able to get there in it and find out how it's all working. Because the wonderful thing about faith is, amen, it, it, it doesn't have to work within the reason of my limited understanding. God can work outside that. He can heal the body. He can save the soul. Somebody that's outside this church tonight, a thousand miles away that you're praying about, God can reach to where they are because of the simple prayer that you pray right where you are. Amen. Even right now, tonight, somebody that's home that should be here, God can stir up their heart right now and put conviction in them and remind them, and by preaching with me right now, that where they need to be is in the house of God. Amen. Some wayward child, some lost soul can be stirred by the power of the Holy Ghost within you. Amen. There were four men that tore off a roof that got a lame man down before Jesus. I'm telling you, your prayer can tear off roofs. It can move mountains. It can get people to Jesus right where you are tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to work within our reason. 300 against an opposing army didn't make sense. God is not limited by numbers or means of man, by a diagnosis, by a doctor, or a statistic that tries to stare you down. No. He can bring you victory in whatever way he sees best for him to receive the glory and for our ultimate good. Those two things. God can bring it about for his ultimate glory and our ultimate good. Those are the two parameters that God wants to see accomplished. Amen. He wants it to be for his glory and for your good. If you'll just start praying that way, allow it to be sandwiched somewhere in between all of that. God's glory and your good. He's going to work it all out. You can trust God with your dilemma. You can trust God with your trial. You can trust God with your prayers. Amen. And there are times that you just need to lay it at the feet of Jesus and walk away and leave it alone and understand that the faith that you have in God is greater than the belief that you have in what's wrong. Amen. He can bring you to victory in whatever way he sees best for his glory and your good. Gideon and his men had fought and now they were at the end of that pursuit And they were faint, but the word said they were faint yet pursuing. 
the body and, and mind may have been saying one thing, but, but the spirit, the heart within them was saying something else. Do you understand this? I trust in the Lord tonight. I typed this out over a week and something ago, maybe a couple weeks ago. And so I believe it's right for tonight, a feeling in the Holy Ghost. Um, the body and the mind may have been saying one thing. Your, your body, your, your flesh may be telling you, no way, can't do it, too weak, too tired, I'm sick of it, want to give up, I don't feel like fighting, I don't feel like walking on. But the spirit, the heart within them, faint, yet pursuing, somehow they mustered the courage and the strength to get back up one more time, to take the reins and to ride into the battle till it was finished. If you have not yet, tonight is the night that you need to get your heart into this. Because as much as we can talk about the word, as much as we can teach about the word, we can break it down and look at it, what the, what the definition of it is, the Greek or the Hebrew, this or that. Can I tell you, at some point, it's got to get beyond just the knowledge and get in your heart. You got to get your heart into the church. Amen. You got to fall in love with God. You got to fall in love with the church. You got to fall in love with the things of the church. You got to fall in love with the things of God. Amen. You got to be glad that you're in the house of God. You got to be glad that you're around the people of God, that you get to worship again in the house of God, that you get to praise God again, that you get to sing the songs. Even if it's not your favorite song, you still get to sing a song. Amen. Why? Because if you get it just from where it's just your head into your heart, can I tell you, it's going to change the way you feel about everybody and everything and why you serve God and why you're doing